It's time for This Week in WordPress, episode number 202, entitled I Want to Live in Rich's House. It was recorded on Monday the 28th of March 2022. My name's Nathan Wrigley and I'll be joined by three fabulous guests today. Firstly, joined by Anne McCarthy and also by Amber Hines and Rich Tabor. There's a lot to talk about, although we do dwell on one story this week. But we introduce Anne's Museum of Block Art, a fine project showing how artistic you can be with Gutenberg. We also talk about a reimagining of WordCamps now that the world appears to be opening up. 45 million euros. That's the investment that's gone to the Weglot plugin, a translation plugin for WordPress. It seems like rather a lot. WordCamp US, it's in San Diego later this year and you can now apply to be a speaker. And then we get into the whole debate that's been going on this week about whether or not a particular plugin should have been removed from the WordPress repository because of its support for the Russian invasion of Ukraine. I also put in a bit of a plug for the Page Builder Summit as well. It's all coming up next on This Week in WordPress. The WP Builds podcast is brought to you today by Cloudways. Cloudways provides the ultimate managed WordPress and WooCommerce hosting solutions. Easy setup allows you to get started in minutes. Focus on your business and say goodbye to hassles. Get started with our three-day free trial to enjoy unmatched performance, superb uptime, and 24-7 active support. Find out more at cloudways.com. Hello there, hello, hello, hello. Hi there, it's Monday, the something of March, 28th of March is what it is, and it's 2pm UK time, which means it's WP Bills this week in WordPress time. Yeah, like anybody knows. But here we are once again, joined by some fabulous WordPress uh, people to chat with us about the weekly WordPress news, the stuff that's gone on over the last week. We've had two of these fine guests on before, and one is joining us for the very first time. And that person is Rich Tabor. How are you doing, Rich? Pretty good, Nathan. Thanks for having me. <laughs> now, we, we, we might at various points uh, tell Rich to speak louder, more quietly, because the, <laughs> the microphone seems to be sort of coming in and going out. But uh, thank you for joining us, Rich. I really appreciate it. Do you want to just give us a little bit of background? Tell us about yourself, where you're from, and all of that good stuff? Yeah, sure. Um Rich Tabor. I'm out of Atlanta, Georgia, or just south of Atlanta, Georgia, in the United States. Um, I've um, got my start in WordPress uh, designing, so I designed for a local marketing firm, doing email templates, Photoshop, the whole, you know, 10 years ago stuff. Um, quickly got into themes and uh, more design work, blocks, uh, co-blocks, uh, theme beans. It was my theme shop, and uh, I was at GoDaddy for a stint, running a product there um, at the WordPress experience team. And now I'm a head of product at Extendify, where we're uh, building a, a massive library of um, patterns, layouts, and other tools uh, to help you build uh, better Gutenberg-driven sites. Yeah, go check it out, extendify.com. You and I were lucky enough to do a podcast over on the tavern side of things a couple of weeks ago. So if you, if you want to hear all about Extendify, um, Chris Lubkurt and Rich talk about it for about 40 minutes. W, you know, it's wptavern.com forward slash podcast. You can find it there. Uh, and McCarthy is also on that podcast, as is Amber Hines. In fact, today, basically, <laughs> here we all are. Uh, <laughs> that's great. But thank you for joining us, Rich. I hope that you enjoy the show. And of course, yeah. Anne McCarthy, how are you doing, Anne? Tell us about yourself. 
it's a bit early here. Um, I'm doing well. I'm excited to be on um, and catch back up on everything. Um, I actually, this is kind of news to break, which is kind of fun. Um, I have officially switched out of the developer relations role right before I took two weeks off work. And I'm now, um, it's a loose title as we like to do at Automatic. I work for Automatic. Um, I'm now WordPress product liaison, which is basically doing a lot of the developer relations wrangling work, but at a bit of a higher scale and cross-functional. So rather than just focusing on developers, it's kind of like, how do we bring in all the people? Um, so this is actually a perfect conversation to be having. Um, it's, it's also about helping automatic spider products also come along where before the role I was focused on was very solely external um, and in the WordPress org space. So I'm really excited and can break the news here about it. <laughs> I did my not teeth know that. Yeah, it just, it just happened before um, I left uh, for two weeks off work. So Congratulations. Yeah. I mean, nobody's going to say that they're not excited about their new role, but <laughs> specifically, what is it that you want to get your teeth into? Oh, oh, man, there's so much. I think a lot of stuff around theming really combines um, all of this. Um, whether you're talking about accessibility or design or development. Um, I think there's a lot of new contributors because of full sighting that can be brought into this work. Um, and so a lot of it's gonna be um, everything from working with the big scale companies for Five the Future, helping them be really prepared for what's to come to bringing in one-on-one -on -one individual new folks who can make an impact. I'm kind of just excited to do it all, to be honest. Um, I like to get my my hands in just about everything. So well, the cross-functional aspect is really I'm what I'm so I'm so pleased about. for you. That, But uh, I'm, I'm not saying this to make you feel kind of uh, <laughs> proud or anything, but if there's one name that has just come up again and again and again on my radar, it, mm. this past 24 months, and I have to say it, it probably you'd get that award. You've done oh, really a really that. large amount of work and made, an, you know, you've, you've just been everywhere and available <laughs> and... Uh, well done. It'll keep <laughs> Sorry, going. I'm gushing now. Even, I'm even more. <laughs> yeah, no, I really appreciate it. But yeah, I'm excited about the new role and ping me if, if any of it sounds like uh, something that we can chat about at Ansazu or Pistoric Slack. So I'm, I'm stoked to help community in another new way. So. Oh, well done. That's brilliant. And finally, um, Amber Hines. Now, Amber, I've got a written bio here, but everybody else has introduced themselves. So I, I can read it out or you can just go for it yourself. Should we go no, for that? No, I can introduce myself. That's yeah. me just trying to follow the rules. Yeah, yeah thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, so I'm the CEO of Equalize Digital. We're a certified B Corp that has a software product called Accessibility Checker which audits websites for accessibility problems. I'm the lead organizer of the WordPress Accessibility Meetup. And one of the two lead organizers with Joe Dolson on WP Accessibility Day, which is a 24 hour event where we have talks all about accessibility in a single track for 24 hours. And that's gonna be in the fall. Nice. You'll have to come back on and plug that really heavily and properly yeah. closer to the time. That'd be great. Um, yeah, we don't have a website out yet. We just have a yeah. coming soon page. So it's kind of like it's happening, but that's it. <laughs> no, perfect. That's great. Um, okay, so we're here to talk about the WordPress news. Just a couple of things on the sort of social side of things. If you, most people listen to this the day after or watch it a day after, mostly it's listened to. But if you do want to Share it with friends, colleagues, relations, whatever. You know, you might get your dog sat in front of it for all I know. WPBuilds.com forward slash live is probably the best place to send people. If they go there, then it's YouTube. It's an embedded YouTube video. And so you would need to be uh, logged into Google if you want to make comments. Those comments will appear on my screen. And then I can put any comments which pertain to anything up on the screen if you wish to do that. If you're in the Facebook group or watching it on some way in Facebook, my understanding is that 
Anne might have shared it with her audience, so I don't know how it works extending there. Uh, no, it wasn't Anne, was it? It was Amber, I think, that said that. Um, WPBuilds.com forward slash live. You could send them there, or if you want to, you could stick on Facebook, but you've got to go through an additional step if you want your name to be seen, and that is to go to chat.restream.io forward slash F. Be. And if you want to do that, we will hear from you. So go and share it. Put us on pause for a moment. Go and share it. Hello, Rob. Nice to have you with us, Rob Cairns. I had a chat with Rob. Me, Rob, and Bob Don. It was like the old guys <laughs> kicking back in front of the fire the other day. We recorded it, and it should be out fairly soon. And Michelle. <gasps> Michelle, I've just remembered. I'm so sorry. You know what I'm talking about, and I totally forgot to get back to you. Uh, Michelle, I will get back to you as soon as this show is finished. Oh, Shame. Yeah, it is. Shame. I think she wanted to come on this show, and I saw the message on Friday and then shot Slack down. Oh, no. Michelle, I'm so sorry. Uh, ah, I feel really embarrassed now. Okay. That's why uh, she said hi in the chat. Yeah. Just to remind you, you know. Yeah, that's, that's it. She's, oh, no, I don't think she's got a mean bone in her body. Oh, she says no worries. Oh, that's good. Thank you, Michelle. I will make it up to you. I'm very sorry. I literally just sh shot Slack down and kind of had the weekend and then forgot but uh yeah thank you okay that's our website wpbuilds.com that's all you need to know about this let's get stuck into the real stuff of this week we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago when we had Birgit Pauli Hack on she had written a Gutenberg's Times piece about it but um I wanted to re resurrect this story because it's so cool and um and because there are a couple of people on the screen today who might be able to tell us a little bit more about it specifically Anne and I'm right in saying this is totally your project, right? It's the Museum of Block Art. You can find it at museum-block.com. Tell us what this is about. <laughs> I would argue that I'm like the coordinator, but very much, I mean, folks like Rich um, jumping on and helping with art. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be an empty site without the people who contributed. And um, I feel really uh, honored and lucky how many people jumped into to create some art and we're inspired by it. Um, but essentially it's just a virtual art museum that is all art made from new tools uh, available in WordPress 5.8 and 5.9 mainly. Um, and uh, it's basically pushing against the, the good old saying of like, you can spot a WordPress site a mile away. Like that whole vibe where it's like, I can look at a site and try, but that's WordPress. The whole point is I wanted folks to look at this and be like, how did they do it? <laughs> and how did they do it with WordPress? Um, I think one of the cool things about it is um, all these tools, like there's a video I have showing um, if you wanna actually make one, like how I made like a very quick one, I actually didn't feature it in the um, museum itself, um, but it's early stages. I didn't know how this would land in the community and people have been really receptive and positive to it um, and seem to have gotten it, which is really neat. My dad, unfortunately did not. <laughs> he was like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dang it. <laughs> but yeah, it's not for everyone. But I think I think it's pretty cool. And my, my hope is in the future, maybe we have submissions, maybe we print them out and put them up um, in person at like WordCamp events. Like I think it'd be so cool to do like an art drive where people can submit um, around their computers and get and get familiar with the tooling. That's also part of it is the tools are new. And so part of it is like exploring what can actually be done with them and pushing the edges of them. Um, in a pretty neat and compelling way. And I also love art museums and I love art and I find it to be really um, inspiring and impactful. So um, it kind of merged so all those. <laughs> the rules of engagement, if you want to submit mm -hmm. a block, 
Um, are, are there any rules surrounding, like, you know, no text? It must be a combination of, like, core blocks. <laughs> Can you just throw anything at it? What What are the... Generally rules? speaking, it's using core blocks and trying to use the tools as much as possible. Um, that was, I think, the advice I gave Rich. But it was, like, if you need to yeah. use minor custom CSS, like, go, like, fine. <laughs> I was a little bit lenient with some folks who seemed really adamant, <laughs> where I was like, all right, whatever. Like, you know, like, let's see how, how creative we can get. Because that is a false constraint to be so specific and what you can do so in the future i'm thinking about creating a submission form but part of it is i don't we don't need another directory of you know whatever um so right now it's just kind of as it is and then if people tweet out any art with dp block art um i can go through and contact folks and try to get more submissions we've gotten a couple since launching um and i've obviously been i've well, not obviously but i've been off for the last two weeks so i'm excited to dig back in and see if more folks have contacted me about it Okay, let, um, let's step inside. We we click the big yeah, and we click the big enter museum block. And uh, am I looking at this in the same order as everybody else, or is this some sort of yes. random? Yeah, it's all the so, same order, and it's using the query loop blocks. This entire site is a block theme, and it's all using um, very specific FSC features, which is really neat. And Tammy Lister, I have to give her a shout out. She's the one. We have like actually a video where we're talking um, a hallway hangout, and she was showing the pattern inspiration site that she did. And I was like, this looks like art. Like to me, this is not like this is not even WordPress. And I was like, wait, WordPress can be art. We need an art museum. So it was in collaboration with the community that these ideas came together. And Tammy was very kind. Yeah. <laughs> um, letting me pepper her with questions. <laughs> so at the beginning, when we enter the museum, we may be inspired. We look at it and we think that's quite a nice one. And then we can click on the image mm -hmm. or the number itself. So this is zero Both and five, mm -hmm. and it says made by Tammy and so on. And then you can click on the image and then then forgive me my browser i'm using the brave browser it decides when certain pieces ought to have all the css stripped out and make it easier to look at so i'll just make that go away there we go so we click on the mm -hmm. the image and then we're presented in this case with what the cover block is actually containing and so what's the idea here is it you're trying to inspire people to delve deeper sort of pull back the curtain a bit and see how tammy did it yeah that's exactly it i want it to feel um really approachable and really understandable. So if someone really wants to dig into it, they can see it not as like, cause sometimes I go to art museums and it's almost, um, sometimes there's a pretentious vibe. <laughs> and I love that this can be so open. And I think it's in line with the open source philosophy of like, this is how WordPress would do art. We would show you it all. We would be like, this is exactly what we did it. These are the tools that we use. This is the image that we use. So I wanted to mimic that and pay, you know, homage to that kind of history and context of the WordPress community. Um, and also I think because blocks are so awesome it's really easy to show um, and I think that's also part of the fun is like look at this like this might seem really complex or you might be like I could never do this but actually um, here's the markup <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. so if I copied this this markup because I've got mm -hmm. the the SRC for the the image is actually hard-coded into that one um, I could literally copy and paste this exact image i'd probably want to download a copy of that image this one probably would work yeah i know there are some that are a bit tougher yeah, <laughs> that, like yeah. that's part of why i did screenshots too is some of them don't scale well okay so you have to kind of that's why it's kind of a bit of a hack and the query loop block won't display dynamic stuff like that so that's actually a screenshot that you see there um, i'm genuinely interested i mean i'm guessing it was once a picture of like a meadow or something like that with a mm -hmm. gate or a fence or something but it's been sort of it like a smudge kind of effect has happened here and it yeah. looks it's just really nice should we look at some yeah. more should we have a quick look yeah go for it uh, and if you okay. index it'll go through all of them there Lovely. is a not safe for work 
Uh, oh yes, there one. is. Oh, whatever. Uh, okay, I know the one like, you I mean. I think. <laughs> I know the yeah. one you mean, but it's fine. Uh, let's see if we can find There's a particular one, really... one that I there. This little chap. Look, look there at this. There we go. Okay, that's what I was like. Get Whoa, rich. it's big on the screen. This is yours, <laughs> yeah. Rich. What's inspired yeah. progress? Yeah, you know, I, I for this particular one. Um, well, also, I thought you know, an Anne approached me. I thought this was a brilliant idea, and. Um, it, it took me a while to figure out exactly what I wanted to do, but I actually really liked the constraints of not using anything other than, you know, if you installed for WordPress 5.9 in 2022. So that was kind of my, my goal for this. And this particular one, I wanted to just use one block. So I built it. Well, I mean, it's a bunch of blocks, but it's all the group block. And um, I just set um, basically a, a color, um, a gradient color palette uh, within Figma from white to black. And I, I don't remember how many steps I put into it. And then I duplicated my group blocks and then kind of layered them all inside of each other. So this is one massive group block with, I don't know, 50 or 60 inside of it. Okay, I want to see color. what this, oh yeah, here we go. Here it comes. <laughs> yeah, this is When you like, sent this to me, I was like, what? I was like, how, this is part yeah. of the fun, right? Is you have this outrageously long. Yeah. I, I, uh, um, I once watched this TV show where there was this remarkable, do you remember in the olden days when you had like vinyl, we, we used to call them records or LPs? This guy could stare at an L, a piece of vinyl, and he could tell you what the song was because he could look at the he could wow. look at the grooves. The from, <laughs> yeah, from the grooves he could figure it out. So, Anne, I was just wondering, you know, if somebody sent you this markup, <laughs> could you draw it? Like, mm, yes, that's what that is. Well, that's Probably. what I was wondering. Do you do you make them give you a, a picture of what it is, or do they just do people just send you the cone and it's like a surprise every time yeah. you paste it into the block editor? Oh. <laughs> this is i started at first level, it was very rich could tell you this because he was one of the people i pinged it was very loose it was like hey i'm doing this thing are you interested and then all of a sudden i was like maybe i should get a one pager for submissions and i was like here's a one pager and then the date kept getting pushed um so it kind of evolved over time because things would bring people would bring things up and i was like oh i hadn't thought of that yeah maybe we should do this and kind of let it be organic which i prefer a lot of times with community work is like as things come up then we can kind of put pieces together especially for something that's quirky like this. <laughs> um, yeah. I actually wasn't sure if it would even if it would even launch. Yeah, the NFT question has come up a fair bit, um, which is interesting to me because I <laughs> I'm like it's, to me the Block Museum will never do that. That's what I said. Yeah. I was like I don't think the Block Museum will facilitate that. Um, it seems to be all the rage. If you can see it on the internet, you should monetize <laughs> it with an NFT these days. But, Are these? Yeah. I mean, also they're what Creative Commons licensed blocks. Right. So I think it's because one of those anybody can like... take them. So that makes it a lot harder, I think, to make it an NFT when we've literally said mm -hmm. you're allowed to reuse this however you want. <laughs> this yeah. I found this one quite curious yeah. as well. It's just something, mm -hmm. you know, when you just look at something and for some reason one of them kind of draws, draws you're drawn towards it. I don't know what it was about Tammy's one here that I just found. If you go back to, there's another one that's I actually uh, scroll up. I think it's called City. Yeah, no, not City this Textures. Go back up a little bit more. There's one that moves is the reason I'm trying to find it. Uh, it's the top row. Is it, underground okay. scene. Hit underground scene. It's, I think, the four. Yeah, that one. So if you scroll down, I actually... So this was one, one that was hard to capture because it actually moves. Oh. So it's supposed to look like that. It's supposed to be layered and to have this weird, like, shaking effect. But because... I had to get a still. I had to actually like relayer it and take Got a screenshot. It. But it's a cool looking, um, like this was such a creative idea to me where people were really pushing the bounds of a lot of this stuff. There's a couple that move um, that 
uh, to me, I was like, oh, the career loop lock, we got to get something in place there. What will allow? So, how do they movement. make this move? And can you put it's a, a pause gift. on So, oh, in this case, yeah, it's a GIF. So, in this case, no, there's no pause. I, there is a video version of it um, that I downloaded somewhere, but I think I was trying to get it into the career loop lock and then honestly launched. Um, but yeah, it's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. They're, they're all very cool. And I just like the and idea of... And the other of, ones have videos, yeah. Yeah, I just like the idea of this kind of stuff, you know, as a beginning point. Yeah, so point. That's, that's the weird thing. I'm, like, looking at it, though, because I, I take everything from an accessibility lens, and I'm, like, in these pause going... <laughs> so <it's laughs> you won't, like, yeah. bother somebody, yeah. you know? But that's a thing we haven't really figured out yet. Like, by default, we don't put pause buttons on GIFs when they're put into the block editor, which... If you think about social media now these days, like on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, GIFs are paused by default. You have to click to turn them on, right? So that you can, the viewer can choose. And I, I feel like that's something we need to get into with WordPress. In a in a sad segue, the uh, the person who created the the the, the GIF, um, he passed away this week. He was eighty four, and uh, really? it, was, it was his legacy. He worked for a company, and he wasn't particularly well known because he didn't li hmm. like to take the claim for it. But in he won a Webby Award, and apparently, when you win a Webby Award, you are allowed a five word statement in acceptance. You're not allowed to stray outside of five words. Hmm. And his five words said, um, and I'm going to get them. I'm going to get them wrong, but basically, it was it's pronounced GIF. It's Jif. <laughs> really? From the person who started it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's amazing. Uh, it was kind of curious, but that, that was a total aside. Yeah, so Anne, just one more time. We know the URL now. We, we had that on the screen. I will actually mm -hmm. quickly return it because it's kind of cool. Uh, Block-museum.com. Do they, just one more time, how do they submit something if they wish to submit? So they can contact me. Um, and Zazu on WordPress Org Slack, or tweet if you're tweeting or on social media using WP Blocker. If people are really, I haven't seen like a huge demand for submissions, and I also don't know just curation wise how much time I want to sink into a side project. This is very firmly a side project, um, to be clear. Yeah. So it's it's very much a thing that um, you know I'm trying to time box, so to speak, uh, and also want to be respectful of community time and attention, but. Potentially in the future with each release, I might do like an actual submission process. So for 6.0, I'm, I'm toying with the idea of doing like actually opening up a form and having some like loose guidelines and then seeing what comes in. So keep an eye out there. I'm leaning towards doing that and having dragging some folks in to help review. Um, yeah. Well, even if you don't decide to submit anything, go and have a look because yeah. as you've been able to see here, you can peel back the curtain a little bit and see how, how other people have managed to do what it is that they did. And I do want to um, just say thank you to Amber for calling out the, the gift thing because I, I actually need to update. Um, that's oversight on my part. Um, I have a couple other uh, blocks that are also moving and they're all videos and I think I just did it at different time frame. So I'm going to update that once, uh, once we're done with this and make sure to get a video in place there. Um, I really appreciate you. I should have known better. <laughs> um, doesn't, doesn't oh, I'm not trying to call video. <laughs> no, no, it's, yeah. it's a helpful uh, bring attention to it. I guess is the right thing. I'm like, oh yeah, that's completely right. I made sure there were accessibility texts and all these, but um, that's you know we got to do the best we can do with what, the tools that we have. So you know, a gift block isn't very good. So let's not use it right now. <laughs> HR says it's yeah. not. GIF, it's GIF. <laughs> he said, 
he was wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah, go and Google it, Peter, whilst you're on, and see if you can uh, see if you can find. He was 84, I believe, and he was the founder. And apparently, that was his that was his last lasting message. Uh, okay, right. Let's move on. That was a fun piece, and thank you for uh, bringing that into life. Uh, and that's brilliant. This next piece is all about WordPress and real-life events. Uh, just a quick show of hands. Who's going to go to a real-world event this year? I think uh, my hand will be up, but I think the way it's going at the minute, it's probably going to be local. Um, Rich, I know you're planning to head off overseas. You're going to go to WordCamp Europe, but Anne and Amber, not so much. Yeah, not WordCamp Europe. I'm planning on WordCamp US, though. Same, yeah. Okay. And I mean, I've been doing some in person. We're in Austin, so I did some South by Southwest stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Two weeks ago. I did get a little cold, but that was it. <laughs> That's what happens though when everyone flies from everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> what about what about you though, Rich? Your team, is it just you? Are you going with a team from Extendify or how have you decided to play it? You've got any backups in case things start going south again, or are you just gonna go for it regardless? Um, yeah, as of now, a couple of us from Extendify are planning on going to WordCamp EU, and um, well, you know, we're you know obviously keeping a close eye on things, and it's up to each of us individually if um, you know we don't feel that we should be able to we should be able to make it um, just you know with you know whatever's happening in the world. Um, but as of now, I feel okay about it. Um, but I feel like things could change weekly right now, mm -hmm. or even yeah. daily. Um, so. I did a podcast episode with two of the people from the WordCamp Europe organizing team, and it's over on the WP Tavern, the same URL as before. And they, they've they gone to great lengths to, to make it as COVID accessible as possible. There's free testing stations. Um, they're going to obey the guidelines in, in place in Portugal at the time. So if that doesn't mandate certain things then they won't try to mandate them but everything that could be taken outside is being taken outside so the the canteen and the in the meals and all of that is going to be done in the outside which is great because it's portugal and it won't rain uh thankfully it it's not like happening like in dublin or london yeah. or something this year <laughs> sorry amber say again oh, i was just gonna say it sounds like they're gonna be pretty strong on the mask requirement that's what it sounds like mm. when i listened to that episode right so on on the yeah. inside you are gonna they've they've taken great care to sort of count the number of seats in the room and allocate the proposed uh, an, an appropriate amount of space and yeah masks basically please wear a mask i think is the the general guidance i don't know what they're going to do in terms of shepherding people away who for some reason or another decide not to obey that mass mandate but that's the intention is take a mask and um and hopefully it will go according to plan but this piece is slightly different this is on wp tavern sarah gooding writing about well it's called wordpress community team reconsiders guideline for in-personal regional word camps obviously the whole word camp thing word camp london word camp whatever just it just fell fell apart over the last couple of years and Trying to rebuild it is going to be really difficult. Probably a lot of the volunteers have fallen away. The interest has to be rekindled. The purpose. Goodness knows how many new people have come to WordPress in the last 24 months who don't even know that these things exist. And, and I think from reading this article, it feels like the team are going to try and amalgamate their events to sort of resurrect everything. So they gave an example of Switzerland, which apparently has four WordCamps in various cities. Um, and if I read it correctly, the idea really is to try and get a Swiss version back up and running 
in a sort of expedited way so that at least something can happen. So hopefully, you know, we might get a word. Who knows? You never know. We might get a WordCamp UK or a WordCamp England or something, which we definitely don't have at the moment. We've got the WordCamp Europe. But if something like that were to happen, I would fully support it. And I think going local, it looks like Anne and Amber, you're staying local this year. Rich is going a little bit further afield. The way that my feeling is at the minute is I'd, I'd, I'd feel happier going local because, I've you know, I've got a family and I don't want to have to isolate in a hotel abroad or anything like that. So anyway, that's that's what this piece was about. I don't know if anybody wants to comment on that or we can move on. I think the piece of... Oh, go ahead. No, no, Amber, please. I was just going to say, I thought the thing, like the main summary of it that I took away was that they're going to try and be less one size fits all yeah. than they were in the past, where they had more strict guidelines about maybe they wouldn't allow a city to do one because they'd say, Lane, no, you need to join up with this other city that's in your area and do it jointly. <laughs> and now they're going to kind of be like, if you want to run one, run one. <laughs> that was my takeaway. I don't know yeah. if that was yeah. what everyone else took from it. But. Uh, Anne? Yeah, I was having a similar um, kind of takeaway. And also just uh, I'm very excited to see what this looks like with more, what I'll use the word, like resiliency built in, where it's like we've had to do these online what do hybrid events look like in the future? Will anyone stay solely online? Um, what sort of pathways will we provide for folks to participate from afar? Um, like, I think there's a lot of interesting and creative opportunities here. And part of like what Amber just said of not a one size fits all approach. And this is one of those examples, one of those moments where I'm paying close attention to mainly, um, mainly because <laughs> I wanna see if we are changed as a WordPress community um, to actually act. Um, with the pandemic and coming out, not even coming out, but like, uh, you know, as we grapple with what is now happening. And I, so I think this is one of those things where I hope we just don't go back to what we did before and, you know, wash our hands of it and be like, we're good, <laughs> um, yeah. pun intended. But like, I think there's one of those things where I really hope we can bring people along. Cause I know for me, um, events exhaust me. I'm very introverted, uh, takes a lot out of me. So for me, I love online events because of that. I would love options to participate online, whether that means going back to my hotel room and listening in a dark room <laughs> and, you know, being able to absorb the content still without fully missing out. Um, so, yeah, I'm very curious to see how it evolves. But I also have a lot of respect for those who run these events um, and how much work it takes. So yeah. just wanted to add that in. Thank you. I, I've not been involved in, in the organizing of a, any any WordCamp type event, but I, I know quite a lot of people who have been. And I think the the constraints have been fairly... Uh, arduous to the point where some projects perhaps that ought to have happened have been given up on in the pre-planning stages mm -hmm. so maybe as you said Amber the relaxation of things and just making it somewhat easier would be quite good uh, a couple of points on that Peacher was saying that uh, in December they had one at the time of a peak that's interesting it was still allowed uh, that's in Seville and master imposed guidelines were respected and there was zero cases after okay uh, unlike the state of the word, right? Yeah. And uh, an anonymous user over on Facebook said, will the speakers be required to mask while speaking? I, I don't actually know the answer to that, but I'm guessing the answer's no. Um, exemption for those who, who for whom, you know, mask wearing is difficult because of breathing. Again, I would imagine the answer is yes. I would have, I would have thought that would have been the common sense approach. Uh, go over to wptavern.com forward slash podcast and you can listen to everything i did ask all those questions but regrettably the exact answers have fallen out of my head since i recorded it so um there you go so uh, rob in agreement with um Anne there hybrid events would be nice 
Okay, and Beth, sorry, Beth, you have to go to chat.restream.io forward slash FB, ever so easy, pithy URL, which is forever going to be implanted in your head. Uh, use that and you can let us know who you are. But thanks for, thanks for that. Okay, this is, this, wow, just wow. Uh, Weglot, which is one of a multitude of WordPress solutions to translate your website. So, I mean, off the bat, I'm thinking of uh, WPML, I think. That's the one that seems to, in my head, be the one that seems to be everywhere. But WPML, Weglot, and there's several others. Um, but Weglot, this this very recently, it was 24th of March, so just a couple of days ago, they've announced a 45 million euro. It's not often you hear the word euro related to uh, something like this. It's always in dollars. A 45 million euro uh, investment from a company called Partech Partners. I've no idea who they are, but um, the founder, Augustin Prot, he said that the company is profitable. They've got 25,000 customers paying. <gasps> wow. Um, 60,000 websites using the company's products, including, and listen to this laundry list, IBM, Microsoft, Spotify, uh, Steve Madden, I don't know who that is, but he's probably quite famous, and Volcom. Um, so... Up from the previous seed round that they had was two hundred and sorry four hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So you can see the the chasm that this business has managed to jump over in the last what's that five years. And um, we've had Augustine on the podcast, so all I'm doing really is raising the awareness of this. If you're into uh, translating your websites, which I guess if they're international, you probably want to be. This is now really going to be, I guess, marching forward with new roadmaps and development prospects. So that's my bit on that. I'm going to just hand it over. Go for it. I'm curious how this impacts multilingual support um, as part of the larger WordPress roadmap and what we can learn from. Like, it's really exciting to see this be poured into as someone who only speaks English <laughs> but travels to all places where English is not the spoken language. I'm always appreciative whenever I see translations. So it's something I feel mm -hmm. pretty passionate about getting in more places, especially in terms of democratizing um, knowledge and all that sort of stuff. That's more Google's thing, but <laughs> I still think we should all worry about that on the internet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what about And you? this is all, it's like AI translation, right? It's not human translation. It's a, it's a mechanism to, to translate things. So you can do that, but it's, it's also a way, if my understanding is correct, of putting the translations on the site. So it'll, I think, does it not also enable you to have the little flag icon where you can pick, I want to see Italian and um, Portuguese? Yeah, and then it, it but I guess my point, so it's kind of like Google Translate in that it's it's auto translation as opposed to having the site owner load in alternate versions of their content, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure on that point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think it's, I think it's definitely really interesting. I think anytime that people are fundraising in the space, it, I always feel like this is where kind of like, you know, other people have talked about, and I know you've had people on this talk about, you know, some of the acquisitions, right. And how it lends more to the maturity of the space. Um, of course they have a SAS that's outside of, it's not just the WPML plugin or, well, it's not theirs, but their multilingual plugin. Right. Um, but, like, I do think it is interesting to see an investment happening in our space of this size, for sure. Um, 
Uh, Paul Charlton over at WP Totsi said it's both. You can tr- you can auto translate, manual translate, or pay for the translation. So it sounds like it's sort of a bit of bit of everything. Um, I was kind of assuming, not being a user of it, that it was also the sort of conduit for getting the the translations in behind the little flag icon and putting them onto different parts of the website. I I just that that number to me is just draw jaw droppingly large though. Um, if you'd have asked me to pluck a figure out of thin air for what a seed round for a WordPress translation plugin, and maybe they are the number one, maybe they're the number two, maybe I don't really know, but my guess would have been significantly smaller than that. And as you said, Amber, it just speaks to the amount of money that people are willing to throw at WordPress solutions. Uh, I mean, it, it sounds big, but if we look at that, like right there, you have highlighted that in 2021, they had 10 million in yeah. ARR, so annual recurring revenue. Yep. So really, like, 45 million is not too many multiples above that. Yep. <laughs> so I think that's really where that number comes in, which, you know, if you're someone who's thinking about investment, which is something we've been doing a lot of conversations about internally in research, right? Like that's where you have to be like, if I wanted to get a big investment, right? Like I think like looking at that multiple is sort of interesting too, you know, and, and that provides some important framework to how much money they got. It's not like they just have the 40,000 active installs of their plugin, many of which are probably free users, right? <laughs> also, a lot going on behind the scenes. Clearly. Yeah. And buried I in mean, the sentence which you spotted, uh, Amber, is also the fact that I've probably just misrepresented it and missold it as a, as a WordPress thing. It's obviously a lot bigger than that because it mentions the fact mm-hmm. that they're uh, they're working primarily uh, WordPress, but also Shopify, Webflow, which just seems to be growing at an incredible clip. Um, and they've got pla- and they've got a growing user base on Squarespace, Wix, Magento, BigCommerce, Square Online, which I don't know anything about, and Salesforce. So they're everywhere all at once. So maybe this is not to be quite so unexpected. Well, and- and I mean, that's the interesting question too, right? All those companies that you flagged before, IBM, Microsoft, Spotify, Steve Madden, and Volcom, are any of those WordPress websites? Yeah, maybe. You know, I don't know. Yeah. It may not be their main .com. It might be like a subsite or something, which is, but it's also possible that none of those are WordPress websites and most of their revenue is coming outside of WordPress yep. ecosystem. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so yeah. you got to tell me, who's Steve Madden? Um, it's a clothing designer, right? Oh, is it? Okay, I thought it was. Am I making some, that up? I thought it was like Joe was, Rogan or something, some, some Hollywood. Person. I thought it was. Oh, a wait! Oh no, too. he's a football player. <laughs> Who's there? No, there's a Madden. Steve Madden is a shoe thing. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. Steve Madden. We've all got a guess. No, he's a sports player. No, he's definitely making shoes. He's in Hollywood. John Madden is who I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, so Steve Madden is like shoes, no you're right it's the I shoe think. design yeah 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 oh yeah, somebody googling yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. like, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's shoe. brilliant yeah, it's okay a so I think um, for, for a I second think... there I was thinking I was about to show off how knowledgeable I was about sports ball when I said oh, clothes no. <laughs> uh, Rich I think it's your um, turn yeah, you know, forty-five is is a huge number, I think, too. Um, and but also when you look at the integrations, like they have an integrations page, and it's even way more CMSs than what is listed here in the article. Um, I mean, twenty or so different CMSs that they're targeting, and and really it looks like, and maybe investors are thinking the same thing that this is the potential winner for translations across the web, and mm-hmm. and it seems like that's the direction they're they're growing outside of WordPress for sure. Yeah, um, and it's also interesting, you know, with with the roadmap, you know, with Gutenberg and 
and WordPress and how um, you know multilingual support is going to be a core implementation um, phase four. And we don't you know don't know exactly when phase four is going to be because we're taking a little bit longer on some of the other earlier phases right now. But it's just interesting how much of a focus is kind of being geared up in that direction, which is also a really good thing for WordPress and for yeah. the web. Yeah. I uh, I imagine that if I was solely focusing on WordPress, the the phase four of the rollout with multilingual baked into core that would keep me awake at night i think so diversifying out to all these other platforms would at least sort of spread the uh, spread the load a little bit away from wordpress should should we finally get to phase four at any time soon yeah okay right next piece up then is we were talking about word camps just a moment ago i just wanted to raise this one it, it's apropos of nothing really it's just that word camp europe which we now know rich and extendify are going to be attending which is happening in june this year in Porto, Portugal. This is an article on XWP, and I just wanted to bring it to your attention because it turns out that XWP, being a distributed team, have members all over the place, but it turns out that one of their team happily lives in Porto. And so they put this article together about all the different things that you can do when you are in Porto. And so it's kind of like an inside track. And when I when I go to all these different places you know up into WordCamp Europe and a few of the local ones that is one big thing as soon as you step out of the hotel door unless you've got like a lonely planet and are really prepared to do the research you do sort of find yourself well I just drift to the WordPress event because well that's kind of where I think all the people are going to be but having a little article like this is really nice and right at the bottom just after the uh where's it gone da 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 just oh I don't know somewhere here Oh, I can find it. There's a music festival which kind of dovetails quite nicely. So if you're into live music, and they've got all the big bands, including my favorite one. So anyway, go and have a look at this article. It's over at LUP. you got to share your favorite band. Oh, my favorite. Yeah, my favorite band. Let me see if I can find it. My favorite band is a band called Pavement. Yes, P A V E. Yeah, maybe nobody's ever heard of Pavement. Can I? I'm going to listen to them after. Go and listen. To them. My favorite song of all time is a Pavement song. It's called "Spit on a Stranger." Amazing. <laughs> and it's not. not a it's not song. in any way. They won't play that song. <laughs> it's not aggressive. It's beautiful. It's absolutely lovely. But they're going to be playing along with a whole laundry list of other people. But look, just things to do, like what to do after WordCamp Europe. They're recommending a mountain range. They're recommending a boat trip to take. There's a cell that you can go and look at, you know, if you're in wine. Nice places to go and eat. Da, da, da. Catch I the sunset this at this place and that place. Which if you don't do some of these, I'll be sorely disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm making my list this week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you'll have to report back on uh, what you did off this list. Yes, I'll make a review of the article. <laughs> I did. I did just think, <laughs> just just thought it was a nice endeavor. You know, there's no, yeah. there's, they don't have any business writing a piece like this, but they did, and I think that's absolutely brilliant. So commendations. Okay, right. This just before we get into the buckle up territory of the podcast this week. Um, speaking of WordCamps, WordCamp US, which is happening. Do, 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 tell me when. Somebody tell me when. Oh, uh, September 9th through 11th. Oh, yeah. It says yeah. it in big letters at the top. Look, yeah. September <laughs> 9th through to the 11th, exactly where it should be as well. Look, um, is is San Diego. The WordCamp US is moving to San Diego. Are they still doing the two-year cadence thing? Will it be there for the next couple of years like they've done in the past? I do not know. Hmm. 
Okay. Back in the real world, though, San Diego. So I'm guessing that at this time of year, it'll be nice and nice and hot and, you know, the sun will be out. But they're looking uh, for speakers. And if you want to uh, get on as a speaker, you have got not long, actually. You've got just over, what, two and a bit weeks. It's got to be done by the 17th of April, 2022. Um, and the page that you want is us.wordcamp.org forward slash 2022. Uh, in person, hopefully, with live streaming for those that cannot attend. So looks like they've got the perfect match for you there, uh, Anne. You want to yeah. Sometimes just run away to the oh, run away to the darkened room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but if you want to speak, if you've got a burning desire, you've got just over, what, let's say about 17 days or something like that to get that in. Okay. <sighs> right, intake of breath, everybody. Uh, we're going to stray, stray into politics, which is something that we are probably ill-equipped to deal with. This this kind of came out of absolutely nowhere. I've never seen any story like this in the WordPress space. We're kind of insulated from more or less anything terrible really going on in the world. But this story kind of threw itself at the WordPress community this week. I'm going to, I've got lots of different articles to talk around about, but I'll start here. This is WP Tavern, Sarah Gooding's um, take at it on the 23rd of March. And it was a bit of a moving story, moving in the sense of it wasn't stationary. So it was called WordPress.org removes Russian pro-war plugin from the directory. Okay. Where to begin? Somebody over the course of the last few weeks decided it would be a good idea to create a plugin called Zamir. Could be pronouncing that wrong, but it's Z A M I R or Z A M I R. And what it purported to do, and I can't tell you what it actually did because it's now gone, um, it put a, a Z symbol on your WordPress website. And I believe that's all that it did. And I say all in the sense of it didn't do any more, not oh. That's all that it did. Um, and that seemingly would be fine. You know, why would anybody complain about putting the letter Z? You say Z, right? I'm going to say Z because that's what we say. Um, putting the letter Z on a website. Well, it turns out that the that this symbol has been sort of co-opted over the last month. And if you've been watching any of the news, you've probably seen infantry and artillery rolling through the Ukraine from Russia and Belarus. And for reasons unknown to me, the this symbol, this Z symbol, has been painted on the vehicles, presumably as some way of identifying uh, the origin of it, um, so as not to attract friendly fire, I guess. So this plugin came onto the scene, and it was spotted by uh, Carl Hancock, who is one of the founders, if not the founder, of Gravity Forms. And he didn't like it. He thought that this was a plugin which really had no business because of the political nature of what's going on over there. And so he flagged it to the attention of the people in the repository. Now, fast forward, and it was it was deemed that it was okay. For a period of time, the response that came back was, basically, it doesn't seem to be disobeying any of the guidelines. And that would appear to be potentially the case until you dig a little bit deeper. And a lot of people did dig a little bit deeper. They, they found that answer was not what they wanted to hear. So they pushed back and said, look, we think that this really should be removed. And so at some point, um, Josepha stepped in. Josepha Hayden, who is the executive director of the WordPress project, and she basically said, nope, okay, we've got more context now. 
you've actually we've actually learned over the period of the last few days that this symbol is is being used for this we didn't quite realize it was that symbol was quite as toxic as it turns out that it is and it got pulled okay that's kind of as far as the story developed there's there's nothing much more that happened within the story but you can imagine the sort of comments that you might get on an article like this uh, some people were kind of outraged that, uh, that it had ever been allowed to be there. Other people were outraged that it was taken away. And I don't want anybody on this episode to crucify themselves publicly. So be, you know, we're all going to be careful not to hopefully say anything too inflammatory. But I'm going to just going to put it out there. What do you make of this? What do you think the right position at the time was? Do you think there's lessons to be learned? Do we need to have guidelines in the repository for plugins, themes, what blocks, whatever it may be, which specifically catch this stuff on the way in? And uh, with that minefield delicately laid out in front of you all, I urge you to step into it. I have to call somebody. <laughs> I have a few thoughts, actually. I don't know. This is like, I am. I will preface this by saying I'm extremely American, and also I missed. I was off during a lot of this, but I caught up last night as part of preparing for um, this episode. And this is one of the things that really gripped me. Um, I took a symbols and consciousness class in college, and the reason I bring that up is because I think sometimes it's easy to dismiss symbols. Um, but they're actually incredibly powerful if you think about branding, if you think about everything. Symbols are um, incredibly powerful uh, mechanisms for social movements, for things happening in the world. So I think it's very important to not just dismiss it as a symbol, which I've seen some folks do. Um, they hold a lot of power. They always have throughout human history. Um, and I think it's really important to acknowledge that and to take it very seriously. Um, another thing that I've actually weirdly gotten into the trust and safety space, just because if something's happened with Section 230 in the U.S., um, been kind of intrigued by responsibility there. And one of the, the neat things that I've heard from other, uh, particularly social media companies, and since Automatic is um, the owner of Tumblr now, um, one of the things that I've started seeing is how there's groups across uh, social media platforms that will work together they're external, um, usually an external partner will unite different groups around like trust and safety things. So if there's a rise in hate speech in one platform, it's typical that it will bleed into the others. And so there's a way to be more reactive. It's almost impossible in many ways to be proactive at a certain point, but the key is like reacting quickly. Um, and so I'm, I'm intrigued because uh, WordPress hasn't had to uh, deal with this in the same way that social media companies have, but this, this root problem, which is something new came up it got into the system, how do we react, is very, this is like, <laughs> we have 20, 30, you know, of, of like dealing with this. And I, I would actually argue it's more in the last 10 years that tech companies have started taking that seriously. So I think there's a lot to learn and a page to be taken out of those books um, of what social media companies have done. There's one um, that's US-based that's like Stanford Internet Observatory or something like that, but they specifically deal with things like this. Um, the, the former head of trust and safety for Facebook, um, I think leads that I can't remember his name right now, it's Alex something. Um, but yeah, I think, I think we should, we need to start when we need to, um, what does this look like in open source? What are the vectors where someone can take advantage and seeing as a chance to evolve? Um, yes, this was not caught by the current rules, what needs to evolve. And I think that that's the, a true sign of growth and an adaptable resilient community is one that can evolve, um, over time as things come up. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm keen to see what we can learn. And also like, uh, Matt said in post status, 
uh, this will happen again. Mistakes will be made. Um, I can, he's like, I can 100% guarantee that. And he's right. And I think the key is shortening that time um, around mistakes, around amplification. And I think we're lucky that folks in the community spoke up. Um, and I'm appreciative of those who are willing to, to speak up because um, I think it can be tricky to do so. Um, but yeah, symbols, symbols matter. And it might have started as one thing and transferred to another thing. And from what I understand, the swastika was the same way. So, um, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's a of. religious symbol for Hindus. Yes. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Which has very different meaning to them than it does to a lot of the Western world. Uh, um, just point I out, just, just, Andrew, just for clarity there, Amber, it's, it's kind of almost the same. But imagine flipping it through 180 degrees. It's Yeah, it's been so, rotated. Yeah, yeah, just to be clear. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Andrew commented in the chat, the problem is free speech, right? Which is what I saw a lot of the back and forth or people that were saying maybe it should stay. Um, and then, you know, of course, here in the U.S., it's all like First Amendment, <laughs> right? And and I think this is really, you know, some interesting things for us to think about. I mean, first of all, WordPress is a global community. It's not an American community, even though there are a lot of us here. We don't own it, <laughs> right? We're not the only people who contribute to it and, and are touched by it. And, and so I think we have to think outside of the lens of what we want might want to say as Americans. But I just, yeah, I don't know. This is where I, I certainly will out myself as somebody who I don't think that everything is free speech. <laughs> like at some point you have to acknowledge that things hurt people. And, and that's where I think, and that was, I think the guideline that they ended up taking it down was it having something to do with being kind, right? Um, and, and yes, it is true that um, you don't have to put it on your site if you don't agree with it. But at the same time, like seeing it there in the repo could maybe have negative consequences for people. And so I think, um, you know, we have to think about that too. If somebody's just going and they're searching for something and they, like if they start typing the letter Z on wordpress.org slash plugins or in the, the back end of their website and it pops up because we have auto submit on the search, <laughs> like, and that's the, you know, I don't know, was it ranking that high? Probably not. But like, that's the first thing they see, like, what is the implication and how could that harm someone emotionally? Um, and, and I think that's, and then what is the actual benefit of the plugin on the other side, you know, and I do understand when mm -hmm. some people are worried, it's a slippery slope, at what point are, you, are people going to come back and be like, you know, I don't want, I mean, what did, um, what did they say in the initial response, like about, you know, plugins that support LGBTQ or, um, like, I guess I didn't know this until I saw that there's a plugin that allows you to embed porn on your WordPress website, which I had no idea was allowed, but uh, I guess it would be, um, you know, so I, I do see that a little bit, but at the same time, I feel like we also have to think about what is the harm that could be done by something. And, you know, I, I would assume that most of us would agree that this, like a similar, like a swastika plugin wouldn't show up. And if this has a similar connotation internationally, then probably it also shouldn't be allowed. And Rich, have you got any thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think um, ultimately, uh, you know, anything that promotes war, violence, hate, like I don't think they should be there personally. So I, that's just my my line where I cross. I don't want to cross that. Yeah, a, a couple of things which occurred to me is that a month ago, this, you know, the letter Z 
it was just a letter, right? It, it had not been co-opted and it hadn't been made into this thing. And if you, I think it would have been fairly straightforward to have missed that fact if you're not a regular consumer of news um, and you're not con- watching the television news and you're seeing it. I think it would be entirely possible that you didn't know this fact. And so I, I can understand how it maybe got under the radar. That's the first thing that occurred to me is that I wouldn't necessarily have known that, you know, a particular symbol in some part of the world, albeit this seems at the minute to be consuming every news cycle that's possible. I can see how that would have happened. Um, so I don't really know whether it sh- or not it should have been caught and whether or not the process happened quickly enough to uncatch it. But I think I think Rich, in, in I mean- your your words there it was you know it, it's harmful it's causing hate we wouldn't want a swastika plug-in and i think demonstrably we can see what's going on in the ukraine and it may be that nobody sees that favorably so amber it sounds like you were trying to get in again well i was just gonna say i think on the that was it caught quickly enough i mean i kind of watched some of this on friday and post status and some of the conversations and i popped over to wordpress slack to just kind of observe right and I mean, it was less than 24 hours, which to me, I feel like that's a great response for a volunteer driven community. Like, I mean, sure, it would be great if it never went up, but at the same time, like, and and I think that's kind of to Matt's point, what he was saying, you know, like makes mistakes are made, but like, it's not like it sat there for a week and people refused to rethink their original position for a week, right? Like, so I think, you know, I think that that was good. I also think it's good that, Carl spoke up and he reached out. And then when he didn't get an answer that he thought was satisfying, he like took it other places. And he's like, is this just me? I don't agree with this. What do other people think? And some people were sharing it on Twitter. Some people put, you know, bad reviews on the plugin, which is, I think what we do, right? Like this is part of our process as a community. So I feel like overall, like the way it was handled, I was satisfied with, I thought was like, it moved forward in the way I would expect it to. Um, So you yeah, know, on that I think the the point about the volunteer base for this is is a crucial one. Um, in that you know, if if this was like a commercial entity and we were, I don't know, allowing ads to go onto the Facebook network where people are paid to sit in a seat and monitor that sort of stuff, then it might be more inexcusable. But perhaps perhaps we get a little pass in terms of time only uh, for that. I've just noticed actually in Josepha's response, just sort of undermining what I've just said there slightly. She says, the plugin's description, which, and I quote, shows the Z symbol to support Russia, uh, eluded the initial plugin check. So that's a little bit of extra context in there, which, yeah, maybe maybe want to be up for debate at some point in the future. Now, following on from that, um, this, by the way, is what the plugin did look like. Um, it was captured, as everything is, on the Wayback Machine. And apparently those, that sort of the color scheme as well is something that, in the future you'd be more mindful of than you perhaps would have been two or three weeks ago. Uh, Heather Burns wrote a piece and I'm going to bleep myself. She's called it Russian plugin go F yourself. Now I don't know if you know Heather Burns. She has a website called uh, Web Dev Law and she's one of my favorite speakers. She she has decided for good reason that she she no longer wishes to be part of the WordPress community. But if you can find her blog it's Web Dev Law dot uk not dot co dot uk just dot uk 
uh, you'll find the piece. It's probably one of the most recent pieces that she's written. It was written on the 25th of March. And she, she goes to great pains, A, to illustrate her credentials in having an opinion about this, but also to then kind of go on and explain it from perhaps a non-American perspective. Because I, I, I hear this thing, this, what is it, First Amendment? Forgive me, is it First Amendment? Okay, um, mm-hmm. we, we, we have nothing like that. I'm, I'm sure we've got certain, certain things enshrined in our law which enable us to speak modestly freely and perhaps we have things which curtail that and stifle that speech should it stray over some kind of boundary. But she makes the point that perhaps this, this idea that First Amendment excuses everything really just needs to be thought through a little bit because there must be a point at which your words stop being sticks and stones and actually do actual harm. Um, so I would really encourage people to go and, and look at this. She she she's she's quite into um, how to describe it. She she doesn't like the governance structure of WordPress. Um, she doesn't see that as a model which should be followed, and she's worried that open source as a whole, especially by the U.S. administration over the last period, is being viewed as a dangerous thing just because there's no there's no like red bat phone to pick up to sort of get through to the person to say we need this fixing and patching right now. Open source, we can't do that. I love my bat phone analogy there, by the way. I'm going to use that again. <laughs> um, and and so she's sort of saying, yeah, we every time something like this happens, it's a further nail in the coffin from the administration's point of view, looking down to get concerned about uh, things like this. She says it's nothing to do with free speech. It's nothing to do with the First Amendment at all. And then she makes more points, but she basically comes back to it's not free speech. This is not First Amendment. It's just blatantly wrong in her opinion. So... Go and check that out. I don't know if any of you three had a time to read that and whether it affected your opinion in any way or it bolstered your opinion. But if you did, pipe up now. If not, we'll move on. Yeah, I, I read it. Um, I I thought, you know, more of the interesting stuff, which I think we were chatting about this a little bit pre-show, like is later on, where she's talking about some of the bigger worldwide implications of, of course, what she says is she basically says, you know, automatic leads this and should automatic be sanctioning Russia. Right. And I think we have another article we're going to get to in a minute talking about other companies like doing that, you know? And so I I think, you know, uh, it is, it is, she has some interesting thoughts there on the front of like, how much should we be stepping in to these things? And, you know, I, I mean, I guess certainly we're not stopping anyone from creating a plugin and distributing on GitHub. That's GitHub's problem. Right. But like when it's on the the open source, the foundation website, if it's it's out there in that way, then it is like the people behind it support it. And so, you know, I think she's you know, she had some interesting points here about that and whether or not more should be done on that Mm. front. Mm. Yeah. Okay, Rich or Anne, or should we move on? I do just want to say automatic does not own WordPress. I just want to make that. Uh, I wasn't clear if she meant <laughs> yeah, automatic or if she that. is calling the foundation a company because it's technically a U.S. nonprofit. Is, is that the paragraph I, here that I've got highlighted in? Yeah. Blue? Sorry <laughs> for those people that are listening. Yeah, I, I wasn't quite sure where that argument landed because I don't know from a sort of technical perspective what she was meaning there. But yeah, I, I kind of felt that that was a little... Uh, I just like to call it because I think it's a disservice to the community and all the people who help with it. So it's it's just something I like to be 
my club. Yeah. Um, yeah. But also it's automatically he's a big player. Getting it. Yeah. Yeah. I think we okay. all have like a okay. role to play. So. Yep. Yeah. Um, Rich, anything or moving on? Uh, yeah, I agree with, with Amber. I think that there is um, in, in the, a little bit further down in the article, one of the highlights that I, that I have here is that um, she asked the question, is there a precedent for a global open source project being brought into the American sanctions regime? I think that that is that kind of highlights what Amber was saying. Like that's also something that I want to look into. I feel like I'm very curious about what that could be or look like, or I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Whether or not automatic could be coerced into doing different things. Um, Coercion doesn't seem to be the weapon of choice at the moment, does it? It seems to be voluntary. Most of the companies certainly that I've come across are, are not being asked to, withdraw their product lines or staff or whatever. It seems to be happening um, on a more voluntary basis. And we'll, we'll come to a piece now about that. Again, WP Tavern. Uh, WPN, so the article's called WP Engine, Pantheon, and others uh, drop support for Russian business customers. And the list is pretty long. Um, WP Engine, Acquia, which is kind of like automatic, but on the Drupal side. Fastly, Gatsby, Netlify, Pantheon. Um, they've all booted Russian companies off their platforms. And yeah, uh, so it seems to be sort of a growing trend. There's nothing more to really add to that article. It's just to illustrate the fact that it seems to be uh, a trend. Um, I will note... Sir- oh, I was going to say, I think circling back on that, the question of should the open source, the global open source that Rich posed get involved, like this is beyond automatic. Like, should we no longer allow people in Russia to download WordPress from WordPress.org? Or if you have a site, can it no longer connect to the plugin repository and get plugins? Like, I I don't know if that's necessarily about automatic and WordPress.com, which she's talking about with the open source platform. But like, should we as a global community get involved? Um, You know, I think that's kind of the question. I don't know if I have an answer for that and what mm. my opinion is, but yeah. I, I think like that's the bigger question, right? Like, and how much, how much does that actually have an impact? I don't know. You know, I do think one of the things I've been reading from um, across a number of things, just around misinformation in Russia. And one of the things that I would caution or be aware of is that like by shutting down access to open source and open ways of using the internet, it actually plays to Russia's hand. So I'm actually have mixed feelings about some of this stuff. I think it makes sense for certain domains. Uh, Like I know um, some folks on the security side of things like uh, automatically added some extra security layers for Ukrainian websites. I think that that's awesome. Um, Mm -hmm. I think there are certain ways of shutting things down that are specifically like maybe Russian government, but I also think there's something to be said for the open web actually playing a role in providing pathways to to speak truth and to speak truth to power. Um, so no, I, I actually, wanna... yeah, it makes me a bit uh, concerned because like I've, you know, personally benefited from being queer and growing up in a spot where I didn't have queer representation. I benefited from people having access to posting on the internet and being able to read their stories. So I think, I think um, especially in a time where misinformation is such a big thing in Russia and a well-documented thing, um, having pathways where people can, um, yeah, speak truth to power, I think is going to be even more important um, than before. So it's tricky, though. I can't pretend to know more than that. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm incredibly unqualified. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, it's almost like you don't want to take the voice away from the people or an avenue for them to potentially speak out about their government or connect with other people like them. So, so it's almost like, could you figure out like, if you have over a certain Alexa rating, you can no longer host with us. But if you're obviously, you know, like WP Engine, but you're obviously a blogger who gets like, you know, a hundred hits a day, we're not going to take your side down, even though you're in Russia. <laughs> right? Like, like maybe there's some way to do that instead of like punishing everyone or like locking down their ability to have free speech even more. Um, you know, that you're right. I think, and you're totally, it plays into Russia, the Russian government's hands to do that and punish the individual people. And maybe there's a way to only do it for large businesses, especially if you are a hosting company and you know how much traffic the website gets, it's probably easy to tell. Is this a business that would economically impact Russia or is this a person that us removing their hosting from our platform is going to do nothing? Unfortunately, Brandy. this is also where social media companies have been battling this poorly, in my opinion, for a really long time. Um, and, you know, it's like there's always more gray areas than I think any of us can appreciate. Um, yeah, no, I, I there's a there's this idea of like reducing like give people access, but then reduce amplification. So it reduced their reach. So maybe they can have, let's call it a Twitter account, but then their reach isn't as big. Um, so there's like certain, they're removed from lists. They can't be found when searching tags, like whatever. Um, so I think there's, there are different mechanisms on the web that we, that can also be used. Um, but again, who will set that up? What's our role? How do you get a community to go along with that? You know, there's just a lot of things that I think, um, are wildly complex. So I think it's a reflection of our, our world becoming increasingly um, connected. And I think it was, <laughs> it always felt foolish that tech would sit outside of these things. Um, and I think in my opinion, tech has always been influenced by these things, including free speech, including how social media companies are set up and how the internet has evolved. So I think it's just now coming to a head a bit more um, as like time goes on. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of big things to figure out here. I don't know how it's going to evolve. But. Yeah. And uh, like I said, at the top of this article, this is just, it feels new to me, this where we're, I mean, it's not, you know, history is littered with things just like this, but not where the internet was involved quite on this scale. Um, so yeah, I think we're just going to be baby steps trying to figure it out. But Anne's point, yeah, really thought provoking, you know, you don't want to shot everybody off if that's, if that was yeah. their voice and the, the other platforms, Facebook, Snapchat, or whatever, are just completely closed down to them. This might have been a good conduit. Anything to add on that, Rich, or should we crack on there? Yeah, um, just I just was reading through the um, WP Engine statement, and they they say that they're they're halting business with Russian companies. Mm-hmm. So maybe they are trying to figure out how to how to not just shut it off for everyone. I don't right. know what that looks like behind the scenes, yeah. but um, that seems to be yes. Yeah, so maybe there's some metric there where they can judge, you know, like Amber said, 100, 100 hits a day, and it's clearly, I don't know, selling soft toys or something. Maybe this doesn't categorize as quite the same as this other site over here. So there we go. That was the that was the drama um, for this week. It's consumed quite a lot of time, so I might miss a few of the bits and the pieces out. One of the ones that I just, I'll quickly mention, this is above my pay grade because I don't really understand CDNs and all of that kind of stuff, but... If you're a if you're a Cloudways customer, just to say that they've introduced 21st of March, this piece came out, so it's almost just over a week. Uh, all new, it says, the all new Cloudflare Enterprise add-on for faster and more secure hosting. I feel I'll probably maybe come back to this on another day, 
but it looks like they partnered with um, Cloudflare. So if you're on a Cloudways account, you can now access all the DDoS mitigation and firewall and all that kind of stuff. And it appears that there's quite a lot of people who are using this product who are very happy with it. That's that's all I've got because I don't really understand it. But if any of you have something more knowledgeable to say, go for it. That was tumbleweed. Let's move on. <laughs> Great. I'm glad I'm not the only ignorant one. That's perfect. Uh, just a couple of little self-promotional bits. Forgive me, but I do want to mention them very quickly. The Page Builder Summit. We've got this summit. We're on version four. It's coming back round on the 20th to the 24th of June. You can find it at pagebuildersummit.com. And if you go to that site, you can join the wait list. If you're really keen, we're trying something new out this year. And this is really micro presentation. If you've got something page builder related, that just like this one little thing, this little trick or tip or something that you feel people ought to know about, just some curious thing that you've stumbled across and not sure if anybody is widely knowing that this thing exists. Could be about the block editor, could be about Beaver Builder, Elementor, whatever you choose. Then head over to pagebuildersummit.com forward slash contribute. And we've got a little option to submit like a two minute video just of some cool little thing that you did. Um, anyway, if you fancy doing that, w, uh, sorry, pagebuildersummit.com forward slash contribute. And one other thing, I've got a, a chat. She's in the chat. Peacher and I are doing a, a, a live UI UX presentation tomorrow, the 29th of March, more or less now, but tomorrow we're in the future. Um, we're going to be doing a presentation all about, well, Peacher just rips apart sites from a UI UX point of view and sort of says what she likes and what she thinks could be improved. So join us for that same URL, wpbuilds.com forward slash live. And let's go quickly on to this one, which Amber has sent in our direction. Now, Amber, just for full clarity, I told you this before we click go, but we covered this last week with Chris Wigman. He brought it to our attention, but we didn't really get into it because it was we were at that point where there was no time left at all. So just run us through this. We've got a piece. It's at justice.gov, which sounds like a very official URL. Justice Department issues web accessibility guidance under the Americans with Disabilities Act, and it's in font size one. <laughs> yeah, I know. It is It is not exactly the good example of an accessible website, right? And actually, I thought it was really funny because when they first launched this guidance, so this is the U.S. Department of Justice who is entitled um, with enforcing the Americans with Disabilities Act. Um, if you scroll down a little bit, there's a link to where you can read the full guidance. And originally when they launched that, the only word that was linked was the word here. And I think they got a little oh. bit of feedback about when you link the word here, that's called an ambiguous anchor link. <laughs> Because about two days later, the link was correct. The <laughs> so word as you can see, accessibility is an evolution, and even the Justice Department <laughs> is working on it. Uh, but I think, you know, the, the biggest thing about this, um, and we had uh, Lainey Feingold, who is one of the most well-known attorneys in the digital accessibility space in the United States. She's been practicing for almost 30 years, I believe. Um, she was, she perfect timing, actually spoke at uh, WordPress Accessibility Meetup. And she she was very optimistic about this. She said that, um, 
she had gone to a presentation with the Justice Department on Friday, the day they published this. And one of the notable things for her was that they never used the word place. So before this, a lot of times when people with disabilities would sue a business for having an inaccessible website, they, they would try and get it dismissed for a couple of reasons. And one of them was, well, the ADA doesn't state that it has anything to do with uh, websites, so therefore it doesn't apply. So this obviously is literally saying it applies to websites. And then two, the other big thing was they try to say, well, the ADA only applies to businesses that have physical locations. So it might apply to websites, but only if you have a physical location. And so her big takeaway was they're pulling it away from physical location. Um, so I think, you know, it's definitely worth referencing. And I, I felt like it's a good positive first step in hearing what she had to say. I thought it was. And then I shared another article with you, which might be a better transition. Um, and this is from a gentleman who worked at the Department of Justice in the 90s. And he actually authored the original ADA guidance on this. And he did not feel like this went far enough. And he actually was like, they basically reiterated the same things that we've been saying forever, which is that it does apply. And they didn't add any extra teeth. And his thought is that this means that they will not, they're not going to do anything more with it. That, that was his thought. But one of the things I thought was interesting is he talks about what he would like to see and he wants to see stricter requirements. And he was like, and it won't have much impact on small businesses who use like WordPress websites because it will motivate all of the platforms to make their stuff more accessible. And my big takeaway was, well, one, he doesn't really understand how WordPress works <laughs> because, you know, it's not just WordPress that has to be accessible. It's the themes and the plugins and like all these things. And I was like, and a bunch of them are created by volunteers who aren't getting paid. So where's their motivation to go correct their stuff when they're not selling it right um and then also the fact that so many accessibility problems come in in the content is another thing but i just i thought this was a really interesting follow-up that was sort of an alternative to some of the takes i was seeing on the web on the very excited like justice department saying yay it applies to websites so so, so just to be clear because again i'm not in your jurisdiction and i'm not even particularly um cognizant of what the uk directives would be very specifically but you're saying that the the takeaway points here are that if you, you 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 your website is now considered almost like a premises you you have you have nowhere you have no clever legal way of walking this back and saying but I don't have a building that's irrelevant now right. you've got a website and that's all that you need right yeah uh, the thing that is the the hardest part about it and this is what i think he was criticizing is they don't explicitly say so we have another law called section 508 which applies to government funded um, websites so like higher ed or any sort of government website and that specifically says you have to use web content accessibility guidelines 2.0 aa 2.0 because it was a long time ago when it was written uh, and they haven't updated it but it like specifically says this is how you confirm that you are accessible and you're meeting the law so what they said this last time in the new statement and on the new website is they say it's basically up to the business or the website owner to determine what accessibility is. You should reference the web content accessibility guidelines, but they don't explicitly say that. And that's where he's saying this is a problem. Like we need to literally say you have to do X, Y, Z because we need something that's measurable, right? 
So I think there's still going to be problems and there'll still be people trying to argue, well, this is accessible or it's not like because there's not a solid line. But the big thing is, is, yeah, it's pretty much saying that if you do business in the United States, then your website needs to be workable for people with disabilities. Thank you so much. That's great. Um, I was going to do a kind of fast running out of time. I've actually got to end a couple of minutes earlier today. So this is kind of perfect for that. So normally we'd end about five or six minutes from now, but I think we'll uh, we'll knock it on the head at this point, unless any of you guys have got something um, that you want me to desperately share. Otherwise, uh, I want to all... briefly plug something. I'm going to please put it. In have the you got a URL chat? for me? Yeah, yeah, just Lovely. drop it in the private chat. Yep. If you'll pop it up, Amber, just because this relates to all of what we're talking about in terms of like practical WordPress, go look at this, go help with this if you can, go stay tuned. But it's about improving the accessibility testing process itself. So thinking about accessibility, one of the things you have to do is even take a further step back, kind of like what Amber was saying, where it's like, it's obvious this person doesn't understand how WordPress works. So it's like, how can we help actually testing process in terms of even finding the issues? Because right now that was flagged by the accessibility team as being very cumbersome. So I just want to plug this out there. Um, again, I've been gone, I posted this and then went away, but there's been a lot of activity on it. A lot of folks diving in with different solutions and kind of discussing what can be done to improve it. Um, and I want to give props to Carolina and Joe who both talked at length with me and answered all my questions and um, were a part of even having this discussion. So, and Amber, thanks for, uh, expanding on all this. It's really interesting, and it, particularly that article from someone who helped write the guidelines. I always find that really fascinating whenever you can mm -hmm. hear it from someone who has helped think about these things in such depth. So um, between mm -hmm. the article and hearing you talk, it's really it's really awesome. So thank you. For I love doing this show just because I get to learn from so many people. Yeah, so much to learn. Yeah, really. so much to learn. It doesn't matter how, how good you are. My takeaway from this show is I want to live in Rich's house. <laughs> No, you have the best background. Oh, just look at it. I mean, <laughs> it's just really nice. My child, yeah, not so happy with my office. <laughs> it's really nice. It's like, it's um, I know you paint. even have sound dampening boards. Is that what those are? I full, do, yeah. yeah. The full Monty. That's yeah, really, really nice. Um, okay. We have to do this terribly embarrassing thing at the end of every show. It's not that embarrassing, but we have to wave. Does everybody mind giving us a bit of a wave? We have to do it all at the same time, just so that I can... <laughs> there you go. That'll do. That's more than enough. Thank you so much. So big thank you to Rich. I hope that it wasn't too traumatic for you. And actually, to be fair, Rich, you came on, on the show where there was the biggest opportunity to put your foot in your proverbial mouth. And so it's not normally quite as, it's not normally quite as political as this. It's usually plugins and CSS and stuff like that. Um, and obviously Anne, thanks for joining us once more. And Amber really appreciate it. This episode will come out tomorrow morning, 7am UK time. We'll repurpose it as a podcast and you can find out about that. WPbuilds.com forward slash subscribe nearly got the wrong url there so from me from rich from Anne, and from amber thanks very much see you later <laughs> bye